Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Arkea, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Before we get to our stories, I just wanted to take a minute to say a final farewell. This is the last episode before I step away from something scary. And I just wanted to say how grateful I've been over the years to have had the opportunity to produce, co-write, and share these stories with you and help build this amazing community of horror lovers. I'm sure you'll be in good hands with Snarled's new host, and I hope to visit when I can. Follow me on social media to keep our conversation going. At Markia McCarty on Twitter and Instagram, Darth Markia, as in Darth Vader, on TikTok and Twitch. And Markia is spelled M-A-R-K-E-I-A. So until then, my dark darlings, let's enjoy the horror together. We live in a society where too much emphasis is placed on external beauty. On the daily, Seeds are planted to make us obsess over appearance and posts on social media above everything else. But don't obsess too much over what you see in a mirror. Make sure that what's spiritually and morally inside of you also gets that invigorating cleanse. Otherwise, those planted seeds will rot and that outer influence will grow. That inner evil is bound to come out. First, obsession will kill you, followed by an offer too good to be true. Then, this way a monster comes. Finally, in our featured story, seven years bad luck. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining the Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So... Want to hear something scary? Killer Beauty Obsession can lead you down a dangerous path, but that's the thing about it. Once you have tasted it, you don't care if it kills you. 
like in this story written by Colin Ostad. Stella was annoyed to be moving to a small town called Grover's Field. She wasn't shy, but making new friends in the 10th grade was less than ideal. She was riding with her parents and the moving truck was behind them. She rolled her eyes as she saw the sign for the town. You're home now. Welcome to Grover's Field. But her curiosity peaked when she saw blinking red and blue lights up ahead. It was a police blockade. Standing before the car were four officers sweating in the heat. As her dad pulled to a stop, he rolled down his window and greeted the officers. The officers told them they needed to do an inspection before they could enter the town. Everyone had to get out of the car while Stella's dad opened the trunk. The three of them stood by the side of the road as the officers poured through all of their belongings. One came up to Stella and asked to look through her purse. Stella held it close, blushing. Do you really have to? My private journal's in there. The officer hesitated, looking embarrassed, but they were saved by her mom shouting, Why are you taking my mirror? That was my grandmother's. You can't just take it. But the officers carefully wrapped it up in fabric and stowed it in their vehicle. It was simply the law in their small town. They told her she could get the mirror back when they decided to move out of the town. The family looked at each other, annoyed and incredulous. But that could be years. Despite her protests, the officer tipped his hat and walked away. Cursing, her mom got back into the car and soon drove to the new house. Stella helped carry in the boxes, but when she took her things into her new bathroom, she noticed there was no mirror over the sink. She looked in the main bathroom. Nothing. Her parents suggested the previous owners had taken them. Stella lamented about not being able to do her hair for her first day at school. Her father told her not to worry. He took out his cell and tried to order a mirror online. To his shock, when he entered the address of the new house, it said that was an undeliverable location. It was all very odd but they were exhausted from the move. I'll tell you if you've got food on your mouth before you head out, her mom joked as they all went off to bed. The next day, Stella walked into her new school and ran straight to the bathroom to get a glimpse of herself. She stared in disbelief. Not a single mirror. A stall opened and a fellow sophomore stepped out. Stella, forgetting her first day nerves, asked what the deal was with the no mirrors in this town. The teen looked at her. There was this student who used to go here, Alicia Gates, and she was obsessed with how she looked. So, aren't we all? Stella asked in a sarcastic tone. The sophomore shook her head. Alicia took it too far. She was so worried about losing her looks that she used black magic incantations to ensure she stayed beautiful forever. But one day, the spell she was casting went wrong. She'd been admiring herself in the mirror when it exploded, causing the glass to slice up her face. One shard went through her eyeball and pierced her brain, killing her instantly. They had to have a closed casket. Stella furrowed her brow, not one to easily believe such stories. That doesn't explain the lack of mirrors. 
As her classmate pushed the door to leave, she looked back at the new girl. Alicia's ghost haunts all mirrors within Grover's field, trying to steal the beauty from anyone who looks into one. It's impossible to make outsiders believe it, though, so the police just keep all mirrors locked up or out of the town limits. It's weird, but you'll get used to it. No one wants another tragedy. Later that night, Stella was getting ready for bed when she remembered she had a small compact mirror still in her purse next to her journal. She dug it out, not worried for one moment about the silly story. Gazing into the mirror, she could see her own reflection and smiled. But the smile was suddenly replaced by a snarl that wasn't hers. She looked in horror as the scarred face of a young woman stared back at her from inside the mirror. She could see the shard of glass stuck in one of her bleeding eyes. From downstairs, her parents heard a loud scream start and be abruptly cut off. Then, silence. They rushed up the stairs to find their daughter lying face down on the floor and the small mirror lay broken at her side. Pulling her up from the ground, they saw that her face had been ripped away, leaving behind a bloody canvas. They called the police and an ambulance, but by the time they arrived, there was nothing anybody could do. Soon after, her parents packed up Stella and their belongings and left town. They didn't even stop to retrieve her mom's mirror from the police. It would remain locked in a guarded box, so no one could ever be tempted to look into it. Thank you so much, Colin, for inspiring this story for us. Oh, poor Stella. Listener, do you ever feel like you ever valued appearance over what's on the inside? Has it ever had grave consequences for you? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Although beauty comes from within, sometimes the labels others unfairly give us can have long-lasting and even dangerous consequences. As in this story written by Janine. Suki took a deep breath. It was too late for second thoughts. Besides, she'd hated her nose her whole life. Now she was in college, and she still felt she was constantly judged on her looks. She might not get called witch or hag anymore, but she knew what people were thinking. 
Then she met Liam, a first-year med student studying reconstructive surgery. Liam could charm anyone, and she fell for him, hard and fast. It wasn't long before he offered to fix her nose. Instead of being appalled or insulted, she felt as if it were a dream come true. Of course, since it was highly illegal, unethical, and downright dangerous to operate when one was still a student, she wasn't allowed to tell anyone about it. It seemed a small price to pay. But now that she was there, lying in a dark warehouse instead of a private hospital room, she was starting to feel very anxious. Suddenly, Liam's handsome face loomed over her. Don't worry, Suki. Let's give you something to keep you asleep while I sort this nose out for you. Night-night. Her last thought before she fell into unconsciousness was how weird that sounded. And why was he pulling aside her gown, not looking at her face? Suki opened her eyes groggily, registering pain all over her body. She felt woozy, nauseous, but figured it was the anesthesia like she remembered from having her tonsils removed years ago. Liam's face moved in and out of focus, and she vaguely realized she'd been put in a taxi. It pulled up outside the dorm, and she stumbled into her room. She wanted to look in the mirror, but she knew she'd only see bandages and bruising. Plus, she was so tired. She just collapsed onto her bed. She slept solidly and was still stiff and achy when she awoke. She saw her purse on the floor and hoped Liam had provided her with pain meds. As she stepped into the bathroom to get water, she winced in pain. It felt like white hot needles were poking her in her back. She gripped onto the sink and looked up into the mirror, gritting her teeth. What the heck? There was no bruising on her face, no bandages. Her nose was unchanged. No, she cried out, and then fell to her knees as another bolt of pain hit her. She gingerly reached her hand to the source, her lower back, and gasped as she felt the dressing. It had been applied sloppily, and she was able to remove it with ease, turning so she could see her back in the mirror. She screamed when she saw the angry-looking sutures and crusty, pussy scabs surrounding them. She passed out from the shock and the pain. This time, when Suki opened her eyes, she really was in a bright and clean hospital room, a nurse at the end of her bed reading her chart. Well, good morning. I'll just fetch Dr. Yang. She listened as the doctor informed her that both a kidney and part of her liver had been taken harvested without her knowledge or permission. Whoever had performed the operation had been messy, and if a concerned friend hadn't alerted the college to break down her door, she would have likely died of septic emia. Suki was in deep shock and filled in the detective who'd appeared with Dr. Yang on what she knew about Liam. But of course, there was no Liam registered as a first-year med student, And there was no helpful evidence found at the abandoned warehouse either. There are plenty of people out there who want something for nothing, who are willing to believe something that is too good to be true. And Liam has a long list of customers on the dark web, always looking for a fresh organ or two. 
Thank you so much, Janine, for writing this horrifying organ harvesting story for us. Listener, have you ever wanted something so badly that you ignored blatant warning signs? How far would you be willing to go to achieve it anyway? Behind every urban legend is someone who suffered greatly to be the origin story. Like in this tale, inspired by true events told by Kimora to us. Kimora and her family were on a road trip through Pennsylvania. The long winding highway stretched through the mountains, often hitting patches of heavy fog. Driving through it always made her nervous because her imagination would run wild with what could be lurking in the mist. The eerie glow of the oncoming car lights reminded Kimora's brother of a story he had heard about the Green Man. Back in 1918, a kid got electrocuted. Charlie was climbing an electrical pole on a bridge that carried a trolley. As he was reaching for a bird's nest, a shock erupted through his entire body. He was zapped by both power lines. Miraculously, he survived, but with horrific injuries. Kimora listened wide-eyed as her brother continued enjoying her fear. He was so burned from the electrocution, he lost his eyes, nose, most of his face, and one arm. He recovered, but weirdly, his skin emitted a type of neon glow as if the electricity was still coursing through his veins, people called him the Green Man. People would shudder at his looks, so he would only go out walking at night along the highways. Some say you can still see the glow as you drive along. He chuckled, adding a couple of spooky sounds into the mix. Their parents were in the front, concentrating on the road and oblivious to the siblings' conversation. So you're saying he had no face? Kimora whimpered. Her brother nodded with glee, enjoying her torment. Oh yeah, they also called him No-Face Charlie. Kimora gulped. She tried to calm herself by taking a nap, but every time she drifted off, she'd see the green man. She kept having the same dream each time. Within her dream, she was sleeping in the back of the car and was then jolted by a thump. She'd feel her whole body lurch as they hit a bump in the road. And still in the dream, her bleary eyes would open, her vision narrowing on the eerie glow from the front seat. Daddy, are you okay? What did we hit? She would sleepily rub her eyes. Then a high-pitched screech emerged from the neon blob in front of her. I'm not your daddy anymore. Before she could scream, she'd then startle awake and be comforted by the sight of her actual father still driving their car. This nightmare reoccurred each time she'd see more and more of a defined shape in the glow that would be sitting in her father's place. But as much as she tried, she could never see its face. This time, when she opened her eyes, she saw it was almost dark and they still hadn't reached the hotel. She called out for her father, who shushed her, and explained that he was following his GPS, which had changed their route. 
Apparently, a truck had run over a downed power line and flipped over. The driver had been electrocuted. Electrocuted. Kimura turned to her brother when a loud noise came from the back right side of the car. Her dad pulled over to the shoulder, muttering to himself about a blown tire. He got out of the car to check. It was. The sun was setting fast as the whole family got out of the car to unload the luggage so they could have access to the spare tire in the trunk. It got cold fairly quickly without the sun, and the fog was getting heavier, making it harder for Kimura's dad to change the wheel. From the distance, a light could be seen making its way towards them. Kimura squinted and then realized the light had a green tint to it. To her horror, the thing approaching them looked exactly like the figure in her dream, Panicking, Kimura started to cry, calling out, The green man! The green man! Her mother tried to calm her, but she was inconsolable. A man materialized out of the green mist. His face was disfigured. Kimura begged the monster to spare them and let them live, her brother now looking on in shock as well. The man came closer and finally stepped into the headlights of the car. Despite Kimura's anguish, he kindly asked her dad if he needed any assistance. While helping with the spare tire, the man explained that he liked to walk the highways at night as he was usually alone. But sometimes, he'd come across people in need, and he always offered to lend a hand. Her dad was grateful, and her mom shushed the kids, ushering them back into the car, thinking they were just nervous due to the man's disfigurement. Soon, the tire was done, and as they drove off, Kimora and her brother looked out the rear window at the man. Despite the darkness, they could see the green light around him, and then he just suddenly disappeared. No man, no green light, gone. Thank you so much, Kimora, for sharing your experience with us to inspire this story. Listener, What cryptid or urban legend scares you the most? The one that gives you reoccurring nightmares and wakes you from your sleep because it's so terrifying. Just like Kimura's green man did for her. Tell us about it at somethingscary at snarled.com. Many cultures say that your reflection is a different version of yourself. But by the time you find out what it is your reflection is up to, it's already too late. Shyla was hurrying to finish her makeup for school when she slammed the medicine chest shut and cracked her mirror. She knew the old superstition that breaking a mirror meant bad luck. But she didn't have time for all that Bloody Mary or trapped souls kid stuff. Besides the spiderweb crack, it was still in one piece, and she finished applying her lipstick. Oh, I must need coffee, she thought suddenly, as a strange feeling came over her. She ignored it, assuming tiredness and a cold draft from the window had given her a chill. She grabbed a travel mug and headed to school. Much later, she awoke in the middle of the night, that same strange feeling in her gut. 
She walked to the bathroom to splash water on her face. Wearily, she noticed something didn't look quite right with her reflection, like the glass was dirty. Looking more closely, the face that stared back wasn't her. It was her, but it wasn't. While her own mouth began to open in shock, her reflected face began to grin unnaturally. Her eyes were now jet black orbs like bottomless pits. Although frightened, she took a step closer, her nose practically touching the glass. How can this? Suddenly, two arms shot out of the mirror and wrapped around her in a tight grip, dragging her into and through the mirrored surface. Shyla looked back through the mirror to see something standing where she had just been. A creature that looked just like her, but not her. It waved back before disappearing out of the room. After uselessly pounding on the mirror to escape, sobbing, then passing out from exhaustion and shock, Shyla awoke and finally began to explore the place she was being held captive in. It was just a wide, empty space. And instead of windows into the outside, she realized they were the mirrors in her house. In one, she saw her brother Oscar putting gel in his hair, probably getting ready for a date. Did he not notice she was missing? He put some aftershave on his neck before giving himself a wink. Then, all of a sudden, the door opened and a figure walked in. At first, it was hard to make out who it was, but as the moonlight touched its face, two glistening black-orbed eyes shone in the light. It was the mirror doppelganger. Slapping her hand on her side of the mirror, she cried out to Oscar. That's not me, she screamed, but it was no good. He couldn't hear her. He turned towards the imposter as it stared at her. Suddenly, it grabbed Oscar, hugging him and patting his hair while staring at her. Then smiling evilly, it left the room. He seemed safe for now, just perplexed at his sister's sudden odd behavior. Later, she saw her dad shaving to prepare for work. And there, the evil creature was again, inching its way in from the door. It crept closer to her father and bumped into him as his blade was touching his skin. Blood gushed on his white button down. He scolded the evil doppelganger as if it were her. Be more careful, Shyla. Look at this. The real Shyla wept on the other side of the mirror. It's not me, Dad. It's not me. But he couldn't hear. It stared at her from its side of the mirror, reveling in her pain. Days passed. She had no idea how long she'd been trapped. As hard as Shyla tried, she couldn't seem to get out. Who knows what the creature was doing or what it wanted, pretending to be her. Then, just as Shyla was about to give up hope, the imposter showed up in front of her mirror. It reached back through the cracked mirror, dragging her to the other side. Just like that, it was over and she was home. Shyla ran out of the room. She passed by her brother first, but froze in the doorway. Oscar was talking into his phone and was holding a knife, shaking 
whispering about something being horribly wrong with his sister, of being afraid to go to sleep at night. Scared to approach him, she hurried on to find her dad. He looked haggard, worried, and unkept, with several bandages on his hands and one eye bandaged. She ran over to hug him, but he jumped up from his chair and warily backed away, saying he would get help for her, but none of them would be able to forgive everything that she'd done that easily. Shyla didn't know what the doppelganger had done to her family. Please, Daddy, she cried. It wasn't me. It's the mirror, the broken mirror in my bathroom. But her dad just turned away. Confused and upset, Shyla left to find her friends at their usual hangout, and as they saw her coming, they fled, calling back, Stay away from us, you psychopath. Psychopath? What had that terrible thing done to her life? She walked back home with mixed feelings, relieved to be back, but devastated by the fallout. How could she ever explain it? Any of it? And suddenly, she felt angry. She hadn't done anything. It was the mirror. She ran into the house and tore the cracked mirror off the wall, smashing it to pieces and dumping it in the trash can outside. Sighing in relief, Shyla headed back inside to find her dad and to try to explain, to apologize. But she stopped as she saw him sitting on the couch. An impossibly wide grin stretched across his face because she knew what it was. She could even see the jet black orbs of that thing staring back at her from her father's face. Its broken whisper echoed all around. Too late. Daddy already looked in the mirror and now I'm back. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Janine Pipe. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Executive producer, Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you'd like to support Something Scary and all the work we do, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. And if you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary at snarled.com. Until next time, my dark darlings. Sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, 
You can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.